Hi there, welcome to HR Shop Talk. I'm your host, Andrea Adams. This show delves into the details of HR through conversations with smart and experienced professionals who've done the work. You can also find me on YouTube, where you can interact with me and other people like yourself. Today, my guest is Mike Horn. Mike has been an HR leader, as I said in the intro, for a long time. He has a PhD, he is a coach, and he recently wrote a book called Integrity by Design, I'm sure he, there would be a lot more to say about him, but I'll leave it there. Hi, Mike. How are you? Hi, Andrea. I am well, and I'm delighted to be here with you uh, today and with your audiences. Yeah, and I am delighted to have you. So uh-huh. it's not a typical HR conversation or not the typical HR conversations I have. So where should we start when we're talking about authenticity? It's a wonderful way to think about it. And I wonder why we don't have more of those conversations in human resources or in people and culture activities. I mean, a lot of times when we onboard employees, uh, there will be lots of paperwork that gets signed. uh, And some of that may be a requirement to review the company's uh, code of ethics, which might talk about integrity. Mm -hmm. Um, But I don't think that we often or have those conversations often enough. And, you know, you think about, well, where do you have those conversations uh, or where where could you in an organization of any size uh, have a conversation about an integrity and what does it mean and uh, why is it important? It must be important because at least half of the Fortune 500 companies list integrity as one of their corporate values. So must be something to it. There, there must be. And before you go any further, this has been perplexing me for almost my entire life. How do you define integrity? There are uh, several approaches I think that uh, we can take. Um, I think what people conjure up or what I think about when uh, it comes to defining integrity Uh, I might think about to thine own self be true. Uh, I might think about integrity as something that's of whole cloth. Mm -hmm. If I was an engineer, I might define it or think about it as um, it all hangs together well, right? There's structural Mm -hmm. integrity to it. Mm -hmm. So I think it's in those concepts that we come to define integrity. It it, it is... um, who I am. Uh, it's the genuine article. And I think that's why we uh, use these words often, um, somewhat simultaneously, integrity and authenticity, and yet they differ. Right. Uh, I was going to ask you about that, because for me, they do differ. Tell me about think, that relationship. I think when we, you know, when, when I think about integrity, and I think when many people think about integrity, there is a certain, um, underlying factor of honesty and truth telling. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, if I don't trust you, I won't think you have integrity. And if I don't think you have integrity, I certainly won't trust you. And I think that differs from how we think about authenticity, which is the alignment or the congruence, really the congruence of our thoughts, our words, and our actions or our behaviors. So a person who wants to be true to themselves, to be the genuine article, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, generally has these things in some sort of congruence, right? That um, what people experience of uh, you, what people experience of me um, 
is who that person is, right? And that's their mm-hmm. integrity and authenticity all um, uh, wrapped up into one. Right. Can you have perceive that someone has authenticity without having integrity? Oh, that. sure. I think there are authentic jerks, right? There are people. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so the kind of authenticity that I think is important in organizations today and certainly underscores all the social science research about employee engagement uh, is creating this thing, you know, feeling of being in on things, of promoting care and trust. Mm-hmm. And uh, that requires people to step up to um, the play, the game, envision a world that's different. And maybe that difference is in authentic leadership. Hmm. Because at its core of authentic leadership is the idea of trust. And here we could go back to integrity, right? To trust, to work on trust, whether you freely give it or whether you require people to earn it, it's the cornerstone of effective work relationships. And those work relationships are the uh, ground level for inspiring uh, trios and teams into innovation, which is so important. And I'd love to come back to your question, though, about, you know, why is this an important conversation? And an important conversation for HR. (laughs) Yeah, right. I think there are a couple of ways. One of the ways my clients valued my work in human resources was as a trusted advisor, Mm -hmm. um, someone who did have Mm -hmm. candor enough. Mm -hmm. Uh, Often you're working with powerful people. So this ability to um, be candid, to, not to be candid, but to bring a sense of candor, to bring a sense of truth telling, uh, because as it's often been noted, it is lonely at the top for a lot of those folks and mm-hmm. finding sources of feedback. So I think an HR business partner, you're in a unique role to shape conversations around values and what's important. That's true. And therefore, HR people or HR professionals should always work in organizations that align with their values that fulfill their mission and purpose uh, and where they find delight in the people they work with. You know, and too often there's a battle in human resources. I mean, there's so many battles in human resources, again, depending on the size and the nature of the organization, you know, human resources, business partners, um, people who have client facing roles often find that they like their clients and they don't like their colleagues and, you know, centers of excellence or it's all, that is so true. Nonsense, right? But it's so true. It's so true, especially in larger organizations. And so how does how does this perspective shift that? I think at the core of, uh, back to authenticity and the kind of values that are important to me in that expression are those that call for respect of the individual, that find that we improve life by uh, growing inclusion and diversity around us, among us, with us. Mm -hmm. I think it happens by, you know, trying to create systems and teams that are more participative and more democratic, Mm -hmm. often which are antithetical, you know, to organizational environments where, you know, do it because I said so. Yeah. But, or not a but, and maybe that's why we had the great resignation last year, where the rate of quit per month was the highest it's ever been recorded. We know that managers make a difference. And I think authentic leaders make the biggest difference. You were talking about 
the best leaders being authentic leaders. Mm. And sometimes HR folks are leaders, but more often they have influence over the leaders. So how do we use that influence to create more authenticity in our leaders and thereby maybe retain our employees, create better workplaces? Well, first we have to shift the power concept, right? And I think that's uh, challenging. Um, We don't really have influence over, Mm -hmm. we have influence with. Okay. Though I don't disagree with you that in many times, in many circumstances, HR people are uh, rule enforcers, um, codes Mm -hmm. of business conduct enforcers, Mm -hmm. uh, risk managers, you know, and that's why those expressions uh, uh, persist that when certain people are interacting with human resources, they feel like they're going to the principal's office. I think that still exists. So in an organization where we want to, we see the value of authenticity, we want to create an environment where integrity and authenticity can flourish. What are some first steps? The first step is thinking about communities of care. And how do you create care in an organization, um, uh, much like a, you know the care of a community? I think we talk about culture. We don't talk enough about community. Mm-hmm. So whatever you do to instill a culture, uh, you know, a community of care, a culture of mm-hmm. care, um, I, I think that's the way that you know that's one of the concrete actions. Mm-hmm. And then if I was to summarize everything else, and I think there are, uh, yesterday I just uh, published an article, uh, not an article, post on 25 things, um, 25 um, practical actions for authentic leadership. And the first was care. I think maybe the second one uh, was trust. But beyond all that, maybe what it is, is that you have to do something about it. Can't be apathetic about it. Uh, I don't care about that should be replaced maybe with uh, what if I did care about that? It's certainly you have to bring discernment to the work, you know, figuring out what yes. you, yeah. what, what, what's work and what's not work. Right. Uh, everybody's what? busy. Oh, there are a lot of things to care about in this world. Okay. Yeah. Getting a little bit back on track here. So your book is called Integrity by Design. And I imagine that that title was pretty intentional. Can you have it somewhere oh, here. There we are. There we are. Now I can see it. Yeah. Um, can you design an organization for integrity? And if so, how? Sure. Designing an organization for integrity um, can happen at any scale. Okay. Um, and I, I think it starts with identifying, uh, you know, an organization's values. And in the book, Integrity by Design, I actually devote uh, a section to that for organizations and some of the cost action you can use in an organization to make um, integrity for organizations take place uh, from design elements that you might uh, consider so that, for example, okay. you, you know, in uh, compensation systems and pay systems, uh, what about making it easy for people to talk about money in organizations and to talk about pay equity in organizations those would be, I think, examples of, you know, the kinds of values that underlie uh, this uh, integrity. Um, why not have uh, some, you know, communication about the purpose of the organization, the values of the organization? So lots of ways to begin to uh, 
do that so we can make organizations um, live out their publicly stated uh, value of integrity. So I have a two-part question here. How do authenticity and integrity create, first, individual success, and then secondly, business success? Hmm, Sure. Um, Let's take it on the individual level first. And people's definitions of success vary. Right. Uh, people are, you know, driven differently, some by acquisition, some by relationships, others yeah. by um, other sorts of goals and purposes in life. So where I like to land on that is, you know, let's think about success as happiness. When I have congruency between, between and among my thoughts, words, and actions, I end up in a happy space because uh, I'm in alignment. I don't mean the kind of happy that comes with having a new boyfriend or girlfriend or yes. the birth of a child, the addition of a child to a family. I mean, sort of the uh, a sustained happiness. Hmm. So when that happens and I'm in integrity and uh, you know, I have this sense of happiness, that that's success. And generally, then we can apply that to the organizational lens. What we know is that people enjoy working with happy people. <laughs> Funny how that is. Uh, we know that, right? Uh, so you have all the results and outcomes that you might expect. You know, if we're going to evaluate business success from, let's just say, bottom line, what's the evidence that authenticity and integrity create bottom line business success? Or is there? I think you have to decide how you want to measure that. Um, you know, you could, you know, let's turn to HR measures, right? And generally, we think about two concepts in human resources, at least I do. I think about rulers and yardsticks as measures. And sometimes, you know, with certain things, you want to measure in inches, you want to measure in centimeters, because there are infractions, there are uh, injustices that need to be corrected, wrongs that need to be righted. Um, And then there are circumstances that you know, where you need a wide range of discretion uh, about the events, about the circumstances, about the interaction, maybe between two people who seem like oil and water yet who are very talented, or maybe people don't have uh, enough skill in uh, helping each other to be successful or a team that needs more. So I, I think, you know, you take those into account. So in certain areas of integrity, I mean, you don't want Violations against the ethics code, right? Mm-hmm. Um, integrity isn't, I don't think of it as a fixed destination. Uh, I think integrity gets tested, you know, throughout life. Uh, it, it's it's uh, often a different concept uh, for an adolescent than it might be for mm-hmm. an adult. What happens in an organization when there are lapses in integrity and authenticity. I feel like the lapses in integrity might be fairly obvious, like violations of your code of ethics and things like that, but maybe authenticity isn't so obvious. I think when there are, you know, you can think of a recent example with Wells Fargo and losses of integrity and, you know, what it did to that organization. It's sort of merry-go-round of chief executive officers 
Can you uh, just tell us what, just uh, provide a quick overview of what happened? Yeah, so I mean, in the Wells Fargo uh, example, it was around creating accounts with fraudulent customer identities. And that's, uh, you you know, that lack of integrity and that uh, really caused some downgrading, I think, of uh, that institution. You go back to the more classic cases, the classic case of Enron. You, You know, what's it like to work in an organization like that? I think that's one measure. Mm-hmm. What does it do to talent attraction? What does it? And uh, so it depends on how you want to measure that. Um, I'm sure there are quantitative and qualitative outcomes that uh, well-intentioned people can put to this effort. Mm-hmm. What about authenticity? Like when you know individuals cannot be authentic, what happens? Well, what happens? It's a question that. You know, I often ask audiences, where can you be, where do you feel you can be more authentic at home or at work? And predictably, the answer is that uh, I'm more authentic at uh, at home. Yeah. It's interesting to think about that because communication is generally better in professional relationships than it is in intimate relationships, or the qualities are just different. So I think, you know, when it comes to, you know, assessing it, organizationally, what I'd say is, how is the organization living out its value and development beliefs, you know, relative to people? And are we working on these community cares, uh, communities of care? Are we uh, building trust in the organization? Uh, What's the level of engagement? Uh, 70% of employee engagement is within managerial control. What does that look like? So lots of different ways that you can measure and think about it, depending on your interests. So final question here, how would HR look different if we were practicing what you're preaching? It's a great question. I think the ways that human resources would be look different, act differently, is when more of the functions of human resources administration can be, you know, are at the responsibility of the employee or the manager so that human resources, people and culture folks can work on issues of integrity and authenticity along many of the dimensions that we've talked about, the importance of organizational values, the importance of having conversations that create openness mm-hmm. uh, in an organization mm-hmm. and that build communities mm-hmm. where people trust, where people, uh, where there's stewardship of uh, resources uh, and where there's fun. Well, thanks, Mike. I think we all want to have integrity and be authentic, and the case for that's clearer now. We've reached the end of this episode. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time on a talk shop with another insightful guest.